and welcome to Happy Go Social, the podcast. My name is Meg Glenn. I am your host and also the CEO and founder of Happy Go Social, a creative and joyful marketing agency for small businesses. Today, we're going to spend the next 30 minutes or less talking about ways to grow your small business. I hope that you take the time to listen and learn something new today. and welcome to the Happy Go Social podcast. This is your host, Meg Glenn. Today we are talking with Sierra Shaw. She is a virtual assistant, social media marketer, Pinterest expert, and all-around awesome lady. Um, Today we are chatting about uh, community over competition, uh, not gatekeeping in the social media world, and lots of other great tidbits of information. So let's get into it. So, Sierra, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you on here today. Thanks for having me. So, I know that we had kind of, you know, we kind of went back and forth about what to talk about because there's so many things that we could talk about because you do all the things. Um, So, first, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your business and your experience? Um, I've been in business almost eight years now. It's called Mediocre Mom LLC or Mediocre Mom Social Media Managing LLC, depending on how long I want to go. I started because I was a stay-at-home mom and it was easier. Um, In a way, I started that way. But I got my start working for boutiques in Nordstrom, but mostly boutiques back in the day. Um, And then when I left Atlanta and left college and moved closer to family to settle down, I started doing online stuff for her and it just kind of took off for me. So that's what I've been doing ever since social media managing, marketing and web design. So you got to be on it like during the heyday of Instagram back before it was such a fight. Oh yeah. Way back in the day. I think I started having to do social media and things of that nature for brands in 2012, 2013. So, I mean... It was the start, the start of the hashtag. Yeah, I just barely missed that window. I just remember, you know, because we met through small shop groups online. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being in those groups and how easy it was to just like amass followers. And, you know, it was back in like, where like loot giveaways were still like a huge thing that were really Mm -hmm. effective and stuff like that. And it's just crazy how much things have changed. Yeah, I don't see any of those anymore. And I used to run like the Instagrams that were specific, like loop de loo. Like those ran great and they really did do great for a while. And social media has changed from what it was. <laughs> I'll say oh, that. 100%. <laughs> it used to be, I wouldn't say easier because you had, I mean, you definitely had to put in the effort, but it was, it was a little easier. Now it's becoming almost overpopulated. But I feel like you have to, you used to be able to get away with not really having a clear strategy and you could just throw stuff up, you know, you know, throw things at the wall and see what's stuck. And I feel like now you have to be a little more strategic than it used to be. Do you, do you agree with that or? Yeah. You can't wing it like you used to. You have to have it pretty set. You have to know your peak times. And I mean, we've come a long way or social media has because they let you know your peak times and they're giving you the chance of more, you know analytics and they give you the reports that they didn't used to. So if you have the right tools and you know how to use them, it works in your favor. But back in the day, we were on just a hope and a prayer. 
Yeah, no kidding. So what what do you do the most? Like what's most of your business right now? Most of my business is probably Shopify help um, and marketing. I do a lot with Facebook groups and their marketing as well, but it all kind of ties together because you can't really have one avenue without the other. Um, So right now I've been focused because everyone's ready for spring and summer. So everyone's Mm -hmm. really getting their extra funds together to do search engine optimization work and things like that. So my, my next month is pretty full with Shopify, Etsy, and a little bit of fair doing their SEO and product loading because everyone's coming out with new products for the spring and summer. Yeah, I have noticed that you do you do a lot more in groups than I do. I, at this point, in my agency, I don't really do anything with groups, but I know especially with like boutique shops, the groups are huge. I mean, even when I had my apparel business, most of my sales came from my Facebook group. But it's just it's a I feel like it's a whole different animal from like mm-hmm. regular pages, and it's just not something that I I've really worked on recently. Groups have changed as well. We had the at everyone feature for a while, and then a lot of people lost it. I think they probably abused it and Facebook zucked them. But that's been helpful. But I think it also, if you don't use the tools in the right way, they shadow ban you. You just think that's inevitable. I get some groups I have an amazing reach one week and then nothing. During Super Bowl, we had great reach. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's been people that have had nothing. I've noticed Shopify uh, is getting, they're getting ready to, change and leak some stuff. So there's a lot of glitches right now, which can be disheartening and a little anxiety ridden, but it all works out. And we all have a great group of social media managers. I think, I mean, I've had you for years to talk to. I have a group, like a Facebook chat group with some that are approved vendors and another small business VIP And it's nice because we can all go to it and say Shopify isn't working or this isn't working and get help in the way we need it, which we did. I don't think we had back in the day because we were all so fresh. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, especially in this field of work, I just love how collaborative it is. Um, I have not met so far. I haven't met even online anybody in our like field of like marketing that has like been gatekeeping or anything like that. I feel like everyone's been really friendly and we all help each other out and refer to each other. Cause I mean, we all have certain things that we love doing and some things that we don't really like doing and, you know, our own little specialties. And so I just love that, you know, in this type of work, you know, we all seem to work together a lot. Cause I mean, there's enough to go around. There is. I think with what we do, community is a big deal because if you don't have that behind you, who is going to tag you for? the jobs and, you know, be your referrals. And I have, there's good and there's bad. I mean, some, I mean, we're all a bunch of women. Sometimes it can get a little cutthroat because you want a job more and you know, you can do it better than someone else in some ways, especially with the newer girls coming along. I think you and I, and the other ones I work with, we all know our specialties and we're all pretty aware of how much time we can give. And we're very kind with that. Like, do you have the time to take this on? If not, I'll just delegate to someone else. You know, I can't say everyone's like that, but I would say the 90% is. Well, and I think the important part is looking at what's best for your client, right? So like there's certain things that could I do the thing? Yes, but I care that my client gets the best work and maybe it's something that 
I'm not the best at, even though I could do it, you know, I want to make sure that they get good work. And so there's certain things that like I'll send to you, for example, or my cousin also has an agency and like she has a little bit different niche than me. So like depending on the client and the work, we just kind of kind of trade back and forth for whoever's going to do the, you know, the best for that thing. Agreed. And I think all clients don't work for people too. And I think that's something totally. if you do have a group of, you know, women behind you that you can give jobs off to, it does help because, you know, we're all cut differently and we all just aren't going to mesh together. And it's been a lifesaver when you can just message someone in the social media managing group and be like, Hey, this person isn't my T. I don't have the time for them. They delegate differently. This isn't on touch with my brand who's willing to take them in it because we have so much going on behind the scenes that the clients don't have to see it. And I think this advice can work for a lot of different businesses too. Cause I mean, especially if anything in custom work, um, cause I know we're in a lot of the same groups with like seamless pattern designers and shirt yes. designers, not everyone's style fits either. Cause there could be someone that's your go-to designer. I mean, back when I had shirts, I had a go-to person, but not everything was her style. And so she would match me up with somebody that, you know, could fit that style more. And I think it's just important to be like open to those sorts of things. I agree. And it's good to, it's good to have everyone like different styles under your belt or like, I guess on your Rolodex, you need to know who to call, who to referral, writing down and saying, this person does the retro letters. This person does that. This person does. And you can referral gets you a long way, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. Because if you know that brand to give to it's, oh my gosh, this social media manager referred me. And she's great. This is because I get referred by a lot of business owners as well. Even if we do go our separate ways sometimes with business, I still get referred by them. Totally. I've had the the same experience too. Like I've had some people that have just gone a different direction, you know, or something like that. But for people that they think it, you know, we would mesh well, they still refer me. And I, I think that's really great because it is like it's with any business, right? Like there's certain people that you just vibe with and certain ones that you don't. And, you know, there could be like five different shirt shops out there, you know, that do the similar thing you do, but they have, I mean, they're different people. And a lot of times it just matters if they vibe with the person behind the brand. And I think that just because someone also has the same brand as you, they don't have to be your competition per se. There is how many billion people in this world? I don't know. Are we in the billions? I don't even know. There's enough (laughs) for everybody. So that person next to you in business, that person doesn't have to be your enemy. And I think learning that gets you really far in business. And I know it's preaching the community over competition thing and people like, well, competition's healthy. And it is, but also that isn't your enemy just because they're your competition. Yeah. I mean, and if you look at everybody else that's doing what you're doing as your enemy, it really leaves you closed off to learning and growing. I was actually talking to somebody about this recently and the difference between like a lack mindset and a prosperity mindset. So like lack is like everything that you have 
is not enough and that someone's coming to take it from you versus Mm -hmm. saying, looking and being like, there's enough to go around. We can all grow and learn. And like where your energy goes really matters. You know, it has an effect on you too. Cause if you're looking at everybody as competition, all you're going to see is the scary parts, right? You're not going to see the opportunities in the growth. And so, yeah, some competition is healthy until it's not right. Exactly. You have to, you have to draw that line. And I see I mean, you know, I had a t-shirt shop and everything back in the day and I got out of that mainly mental health reasons and because just processing and you saw it all when COVID happened, it really did change the way production had to go. I mean, when COVID hit, I had almost $2,000 worth of stock that was supposed to come from China that I just had to wait 90 days for refunds. And it changed the way that we did a lot. But what it should have shown a, a lot of people is In order to succeed when the outside world can't help, you have to trust your neighbor. And, you know, when the shirt sales, I mean, Bella Canvas and all of them, a lot of them are, you know, cut and everything over in China. And it was nice when you could say, hey, is anyone in the California area or anyone in the Nashville area, can I meet you for some shirts? That I think COVID had a positive change on people in that way. I will notice that since then, I saw more community over competition when it came to that, but it also made everybody stay at home and create some sort of side hustle. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of tie dye and a lot of bleaching, bleaching. (laughs) a lot of bleaching because we all stocked up on all the bleach and toilet paper. And they were like, I didn't need this. What do I do with it? So we bleached some shirts. And I just want to throw out while we're on the topic of bleaching, that if you are doing bleaching or you're looking at doing bleaching, look up the safety things that you need to do. Because so many people are damaging their lungs, their bodies, everything. No mask. And I'm like, y'all. And doing it inside in a closed room. Don't. Don't you guys look it up. was like, this is dangerous. No, that and all the new resin people look up your safety needs. (laughs) They have closed windows and no, not even a fan going. And I'm like, this, this ends terribly. It did. So I closed that then and just knew that social media managing was for me. I liked that side because I liked the artistic side of it all and I needed an outlet. But now in with my social media managing, I can sell my own t-shirt designs. Like if you get the hankering and a client's like, I really like this. I mean, it does, it still gives us that had a t-shirt business or anything back in the day, a chance to still design something, but there's no way I could go back to the bleaching and the, and the tie dye. Oh yeah. For me, it was just so much, especially like, because so COVID hit. And then I also, you know, got pregnant and became a mother and I just couldn't manage all the pieces of like inventory and ordering shirts. And then Cavio like closed, shut down. And that was like where I got all my kids teas And it was just a lot to manage with COVID and the supply chain issues. And that's exactly why I pivoted as well. And it's, I mean, part of it's still going on. And I think that's what a lot of people have to realize, like pricing isn't, it's not the same. And t-shirt businesses are overly saturated. They are in a way, and you have to fight for the pricing. It's just, it's not fun anymore. And I don't even like, I always encourage all of my t-shirt shops to find something that makes you different so that the price that you put on yourself, you don't have to explain why. And you don't have to explain why, but make it easy on yourself. Unpopular, it might be unpopular opinion here, but like I am just, 
so many of the new shops, especially, are just all offering the same DTF designs from the DTF wholesalers. And I just feel like they're not differentiating enough. And what's crazy, and I oh, I 100% agree. And what's crazy is though, like I work for a really big uh, screen print and DTF shop. We drop new stuff every single day, every single day. Like she's amazing. It's mud and grace transfers. And I mean, she no joke, like 80 new designs a day sometimes. There's a way to not have what everyone is having. Like if someone is dropping 80 something designs a day, you should be able to find something that places yeah, the options are out there in the person next door because I can find them fast. I can give you a million different shops, tell you where to go for what, if you want wavy designs, you want, and designers are out there too. You don't have to depend on just Etsy to survive. Mm-hmm. There is Upworks. There are amazing artists on there that will draw you some outstanding things. There are groups that have digital artists in it and you can find someone so that you can stand out. So while I understand this community over competition and there's community over competition to lend you a hand and say, yeah, I have this design. um, And if you want something different, here's this. You don't have to have the exact same thing. And I mean, you remember back in the day when there weren't a lot of t-shirt shops. So it really did come down to you were being copied. Mm Mm-hmm. There was only a couple of you, and there was only a couple people that sold transfers. And I don't even think DTF was a thing. It wasn't. No, it's relatively new. The t-shirt business is insane now. They would they would lose their mind and go into a coma. I know it's just so funny to see the change because it used to be if you had anything even similar, it was a major issue. And now, like everybody's selling the same transfer yeah. shirts with same designs from this, you know, same transfer shops and. It's cool that y'all are cool with it, but I feel like you guys would do better if you branched out a little and didn't do the same thing everybody else is doing. Yeah, just branch out a little. Find your thing. That's another thing is I think, um, and uh, this goes to all brands. This can go with boutiques as well. And it's something that I as a social media manager have had to tell people because they get described. This isn't selling. This isn't moving. It's not for you then. It just isn't for you. That product isn't for you. It's not for your people. Yeah, you saw it on TikTok and you loved it. But it's not for your people. They don't like it. You like stick to what you know. Stick to what your your customers came to you because you were the hot pink t shirt queen with wavy designs. And then you go and you sell a black t shirt. Yeah, you're not doing anything. Those women came to you for a reason. Well, and it's important to think about what your customer wants, not what you want necessarily. Like sometimes it is an extension of exactly your brand is an extension of you. But at the same time, it's like you know it's not about what you want to shop for, right? Like you have to look at your following your customers. What do they like? What is the problem that you want to solve for them? It's not about you. Um, And it's hard to step outside of that, but you got to, if you, you want to be successful. And I think copywriting is getting a lot out of hand. People just don't care. They throw in any kind of logo on a t-shirt these days. Yeah. The, all the Disney and yeah. And it scares me as a social media manager. I think I've just, I've decided to take less and less of those people because what you guys do in your business affects us as well. Because when, if you get shut down, they track IP addresses and everything. Yep. Our accounts are on there as well. Um, And it's no joke, especially those big ones, like, you know, the NFL teams and Disney and stuff like that. Those are, they're hardcore and they will go after even the little guys. They don't care. They don't care. It costs them nothing. I mean, it costs them something. They pay someone, but that person is under retainer at all time. If you have legal counsel, you don't care. They're in-house. They're going to serve you your letter. And that's that. I mean, Disney, they've got to have at least 
a thousand different lawyers just working nonstop, legals, legal aids, everything. And I mean, my husband is a lawyer and he constantly, when he sees things, he's like, "Uh uh-uh, get away from the cop. You're like, stay away. Cause he knows like, it's just not something you mess with. If you want to, that's on you, but please don't cry to me when your SE is shut down. Yeah. It's just like that. And same with raffles. I've actually warned a few people recently and it's, you know, it's crazy that I still have to warn people about raffles on Facebook and stuff like that. But I'll, and I'm like, eh, you might want to not do that because it's illegal. <laughs> it literally is like elite. It's on like your, one of your top things on like PayPal is like not to do. I feel like people, obviously people don't read the fine print, but when it comes to your money, using your PayPal card at a place, like sometimes they don't work in gas stations. They don't work in gas stations that sell lottery tickets because they're really biting down on that as well. And I'm like, you guys, your your debit cards, your money can just be gone. I mean, I've seen shops get a $100,000 reserve put on their PayPals. Yeah. I think that's a good reminder too, to not let money sit in your PayPal. Yes. Um, and now they make it easy to not do that because they have the automatic transfer set up. So I have that yeah. set up in mind to where it automatically transfers money, whatever money's in my balance to my bank account every week. So that's good if you forget to go in there and do it because whatever money's in there, if you piss off PayPal, they're just going to hold it. Exactly. And like, they don't, they don't owe you an explanation. You can call and you can be angry and why this is my money. And I need to, (laughs) if you can even get somebody. Exactly. You clicked that box. When you signed, you clicked it. I know that you want to sell it and you want to do that, but you clicked it. Yep. And the same with shipping and turnaround times and stuff like that. You can't just print a label on your last day and hope for the best (laughs) that goes with all shops because then you forget the packages underneath your desk. Uh, Myself, I did it. I will take full blame that I, that was another thing with shops. If you have ADHD, find your system, find your person and make a plan because it's so easy to just lose the plan. I think that was part of my struggle with the t-shirt shop too, because you know, there's especially when you're not ready to ship, right? There's ordering the blanks, ordering the transfers, like the timing of all those arriving and then printing them and then packaging them and like making sure it all gets there within turnaround time. I always made my turnaround time longer than it should be just in case. Exactly. Like it's always good to like under promise and over deliver than the opposite. So true. And then I found with the bleaching, if you are in a state with more rain and snow, don't bleach because you're going to be bleaching inside your house and using all these fake things. Don't do that. That's my business advice with that. You have to outsource. There's plenty of outsourcing to be done and you have to find the people that you trust. Like hiring a VA is huge because you, I mean, I understand that you're trusting me with your life basically right then and there. I've got your business in my hands when I'm managing it all. And like, I have access to people's bank accounts, but never in a million years would I do them dirty. So I'm very cautious with my IP addresses and stuff. And that should mm-hmm. go for everybody because it shuts it shuts you down. And well, I think that also kind of gives something to, to be said about if you are hiring a VA or a marketing agency, one that's active in your community, whether that's an online community or a local community, um, it probably gives you that extra comfort and sense of security because for lack of a better way to say it, they're not going to shit where they eat. 
Exactly. Um, and, you know, if it's some obscure person that you find, I mean, that's the only downside. I mean, for me, finding VAs and stuff on Upwork, you know, this random person who lives who knows where, you know, versus somebody that is referred to you by somebody you know is active in groups that you're active in, at least there's some accountability there. Agreed. And I've noticed it's the same. It can go the other way too. Like new shops are not for me. If you're brand new, I just probably don't have, I don't have the time to baby you into it anymore. I just can't. I can't. (laughs) It's as simple as that. Like if you're going to scam me, I've taken on new shops. And the next thing you know, you haven't paid your invoice and I've done the work and I'm out $400. So it goes both ways. And I think that it's, I haven't had a lot of bad experiences. And I mean, almost eight years in with this side of it all, I've had more good than bad. I will say that. So if you're, if you're thinking about taking the leap into social media, managing marketing, anything like that, there's money to be made. As long as like, we've talked about this whole time, I think we've really preached community over competition, find your people, set yourself up, I, I know that if there's a marketing email marketing job comes up and I don't want it, I just call you. Thank you for listening today. I hope that you have learned something that can help you get back to what you love about your business and not stress about what you're going to do next when it comes to marketing. Please leave us a review. That way more small business owners can find us and check us out on Instagram at happy.go.social. You can also find out more about the services that we offer as a marketing agency at happygosocial.net.